For the word of the Lord today comes from the letter of Paul to Philemon, or Philemon, whichever way you want to say it. I'm reading from the verse 1 all the way to the verse 25, amen? Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Verse 8. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you, I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you from my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful for you and to me. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment from the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, Charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Beloved, look over to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. oh neighbor, are you useless, are you useless? or are you, are you useful? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. So clap for yourselves, guys. You guys just read an entire book in the Bible. If you've never, ever read an entire book in the Bible, please clap for yourselves right now. Let's give a hand clap offering unto the Lord. Amen, amen. So, let's not forget our ground rules. I don't want to have to move anybody else. So, as I had mentioned, today we're in the book of Philemon. 
And just some things that I want to talk about are some of the things that stick out to us here. I'm going to kind of introduce who this man Philemon is. I think you guys might have a good idea of who Paul is, right? Everybody know who Paul is? Right? All right, who wants to tell us who Paul is? Hmm? He's a person. Who, who is that person, Paul? Who is he? Yes. Apostle, yes, yes. Apostle Paul? Good, good. So he's Apostle Paul, yes. Yeah, he used to be called Saul. Yeah. He used to persecute Christians, that's true. Yeah. When he was on the road to Damascus, he got converted. Yep. He's a Jew. Yep. He's a Jew. Yep. He was also a lawyer. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he was a Jew. He was a lawyer, apparently. He was also, um, his name used to be Saul, right? And on the road to Damascus, he met Jesus and it changed his whole life up, right? Yeah. He's also a Roman citizen, which is very, very important. Yeah, which is very, very important to know about Paul. Because he, he relies on that come, yeah, when he gets in trouble. So now we know who Paul is. Paul is somebody who wrote a whole bunch of books, wrote a whole bunch of letters. And in this case, he wrote a letter to Philemon. And Philemon was somebody that Paul came in contact with, guys, in Colossae. Remember, there's a book called Colossians. Right? That's the book for the folks of Colossae. So he meets, he meets this man called Philemon in Colossae. And Philemon essentially is a very, very rich guy. He's got a lot of money. And he doesn't know the Lord. But when he comes to know Paul, Paul shares the gospel with him. And Philemon ends up becoming a believer. He accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And Philemon's life changes. It changes so much to the point where Philemon ends up using his home as the church building. So everybody goes to Philemon's house pretty much for church service, right? That's how much this guy's life changed. From somebody who was just rolling around on the street, doing whatever he pleased, to meeting Christ through Paul, and then being able to serve other people. So that's why Paul is writing this letter to him. But Philemon was also somebody that was so rich that he was able to employ other people. So he had this guy, called Onesimus, Onesimus, however, however you want to say that word. And Onesimus is pretty much his slave, or in this case, a bond servant. Okay? When I use that term. So Philemon has Onesimus as his bond servant. You guys following with me? Is it making sense? And then Onesimus does something crazy. He steals from Philemon, right? And because he stole from Philemon, they told him, all right, you got to go, and they put him in prison, right? So after they put him in prison, then Paul meets Philemon. Paul meets Onesimus because Paul was also put in prison, okay? So the two of them meet there. Onesimus then becomes a friend of Paul, but even closer than that, actually, Paul becomes sort of like a like like, like a father to what Onesimus, and Onesimus also becomes somebody who comes to know Jesus Christ, right? So now Paul has done two things, right? While he was free, 
he met Philemon, and Philemon became a believer. And while he's in prison, he met Onesimus, and Onesimus became a believer. This tells us one thing, guys, is that no matter what situation you're in, you can always share the gospel with somebody. You got to learn to do ministry in your misery, in your tough times. Though Paul was sitting in this really crazy place, he could have just been like, oh, oh God, you put me in prison. What's the point? Why, why should I tell you about anybody else? Why should I share your message with anybody else? Look where I'm sitting. But instead, Paul actually then shares the gospel with Onesimus, and Onesimus becomes useful to Paul. Anybody know what the word Onesimus means? Anybody know what that name means? Anybody ever, ever heard that name before today? Mm-hmm. It means useful, yes. So Onesimus means profitable, beneficial, useful, right? And Philemon, anybody know what that word means? Or Philemon, as you guys say? No, Philemon does not mean useless. Philemon means affectionate, okay? So Philemon is an affectionate person. Some of the points that I always want to make I know for you guys today, point number one, if you guys are taking notes, is that when we come to know God, others must benefit from our new life. When we come to know Jesus Christ, other people must benefit from our new life. We see within the verses four to seven of what Paul says about what Philemon is doing. Philemon is somebody who is now pouring into other people, pouring into other saints. When you became a believer, you can ask this yourself if you have become a believer and you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. What have you done so far in your life to be a light unto somebody else? That those people may see the light of Jesus Christ through you. We see what Philemon is doing here. What about you? And this isn't to say, open your house to everybody in the world. That's not what we're saying here. But in your own little way, God has blessed you and put something in you to be able to help somebody. It could be as simple as, you know, when we come and we gather here together, you, you make sure that all the chairs are set and everything. It could be as simple as checking on somebody, see how they're doing, how their day was, you know? So I'm not asking you to go out into the world and do missionary type work at the moment. But what I'm asking you is, in your own, in your own way, how can you do something, right? To be able to serve other people, as Philemon was doing here. So when you come to know God, something must change about you. It's not just simply, I've accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Your life must be different from what it once was. Because the old you cannot live with the new you. He said you become a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. Amen? So if the new creation is here, how can the new dwell with the old? If the new is here, how is the new not making noise? What do babies do? Hmm? They what? Oh, cry. I thought you said pray. I was like, man, dang. you got some cool babies praying out here. Yes, they cry. Babies cry. They, they, they make themselves heard, right? They are heard and their voice is heard in some way. As a new baby, as a new child in Christ, what have you done to make yourself heard? Right? 
So it's just that question, that, that challenge that I pose to you guys. I know I pose it in many different ways each and every single week. But I want to encourage you and to know that this life, this, this life as a believer is not just for us. Right? It's for other people too. For other people that they will come and know Jesus. So, that's the first part. Use your resources to support God's kingdom. Right? As we see here that Philemon is doing. Someday you guys will grow older. You'll have jobs. You know, and you'll be making some money. Know that you are a steward of that money. The money doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. But God has given it to you and put it in your hands to be a steward and be a blessing with that money onto other people. But right now, where you don't have jobs, what you do have is your talents, your gifts, the things that you're able to do. God has placed them in your hands for a reason. Not everybody can play drums. Not everybody can play piano. Not everybody can sing. God gave that to you for a purpose. So if you can do those particular things or anything in general and you're not using it, Know that there's going to be a question to you from God. That God's going to ask you. I gave you this blessing. I gave you this gift. Why is it not being used? I don't know if you guys ever buy some things for your parents. Right? But if you ever give them a Christmas gift or something, you give them a shirt. Or, I don't know, do you guys get your dad, your dad like a tie or something? And he never wears... Right? How does it make you feel? It hurts, right? Yeah. When you buy something for somebody and you see that they don't use it, it hurts. Right? The same way, how much more do you think when Jesus Christ gives you a gift and you don't use it, it hurts. Right? The Holy Spirit is like, I'm here. Let's go. Let's go to work. But you're not using it. You never put on the gift that they gave you. So God has given you a gift. In your own way, use it. Use it for the good and for the glory of God to be made known throughout the world. Amen? The other piece that I want to go about this is on the topic of forgiveness. This is very important. When Isamus has wronged his master, he has made a big mistake. Yes, he messed up. And it doesn't seem like Philemon has, has forgiven him. So Paul writes on behalf of Onesimus and says, Paul, Paul writes on behalf of Onesimus and says, Philemon, I want you to forgive this guy. He made a mistake back in the day. He didn't, he didn't know, he, he, he knew it was wrong, but he did it anyway. But please forgive him. So how this whole letter comes about is because while Onesimus is, is freed from prison, Paul gives him this letter, this epistle. So Onesimus takes this epistle and he gives it to Philemon. And Philemon reads it and it becomes adopted as part of one of the canon, the text that we read. Because of this, Onesimus could not have gotten forgiveness from Philemon on his own. I want you guys to maybe start thinking about where we're going with this here. Okay? Onesimus needed Paul to help him to speak on his behalf, to talk to Philemon. Anybody get where we're going here? No? Let's keep going then. Every single book in the Bible is simply a reflection of Jesus Christ. 
one way or another, you can see Jesus spread throughout the entire Word of God, not just in the places that he's mentioned in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 1 John, and all those things in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, all throughout. So the question is, how is Jesus Christ seen here? We see what Paul does for Philemon, right? What Paul does for what one seems. In this case, Jesus Christ does a similar thing for us where he goes to the Father and he says, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They were, they, at first, at one point in time, they were useless. You and I, we were useless. There was no way we were being used by God in any way. We, in fact, we could not be. Because God doesn't deal with unholiness, with uncleanness. We had wronged God. Think about it. We used to be with God, right? Adam and Eve, right? In the garden. They used to be with God. And then they disobeyed God. The same way the slave, the, the bond servant, when he submits, disobeyed Philemon, right? And because he disobeyed Philemon, Philemon kicked him out. He kicked him out of his house. The same way we were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, right? Everybody kind of following where this is going? No? You need me to clear it up? Okay. So Philemon, we have Adam and Eve, They're the first origin of sin, right? They eat the apple. Jesus tells them, God tells them, don't eat the apple, or the, the fruit, sorry. And they eat the fruit anyway. But then what happens then is that they get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And they get separated from God. They are not able to bring themselves back to God. They needed Jesus Christ to reconcile them back to God. The reason why they were not able to go back to God is because their blood is tainted. It's not clean. Back in the day, they used to, you know, kill a whole bunch of lambs and stuff like that. That is no longer needed, that is no longer required because the shed blood of Jesus Christ covers all sins, past, present, and future, for all time until he returns on this earth, amen? So that is what ended up happening. That we see here what Paul did, what Paul did for Onesimus is what Jesus Christ did for us. Jesus speaks on our behalf to the Father, and he says, Father, forgive them. Right? There's this whole verse in the Bible that says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. At a time when Jesus Christ was being crucified. And think about it, Paul is also in prison, right? And he's doing something good, doing something positive. Jesus Christ was being crucified. He was being spat on. On the road to the cross, But even when, he, even when that was happening, they were still saying he was still doing good. Christ did good all the way to the end. For who? For us. What benefit did Paul, does Paul get? What benefit does Paul get from seeing one seamus freed and him being sent back to his master? He gets no benefit. But there is a benefit. But that benefit is to God the Father. Because Onesimus can then live his life 
He can then live his life for the glory of God. We, can see, we get to see reconciliation. We get to see forgiveness through this. So I just, want us to, I just want to use this to highlight how great God is and how amazing and how appreciative we should be of his goodness to us. Because we don't deserve it. Onesimus did not deserve Philemon's forgiveness. The same way we don't deserve the forgiveness of God. But then God comes into this world. Jesus Christ comes, teaches us how to live, teaches us how to do what he, what, what, what he desires of us to do from the Father, teaches us the will of God. And then he not only just comes and teaches, there are a whole bunch of people that used to teach, right? There was Nicodemus, who was a rabbi. He taught and taught and taught. But, Nicodemus, did, but did Nicodemus die for you? No. Did Moses die for you? No. Nobody in this world died for you except for Jesus Christ himself. One who knew no sin, who did not deserve to die because he never sinned. He gave up his life as a sacrificial lamb for you and me. I want you guys to get this and just be excited about it. Because when this happens, when you go to sleep and you wake up, you're like, yes, I have a father in heaven who cares for me and loves me dearly. And that could not have happened if I didn't have Jesus Christ there. If I didn't have Jesus Christ there to plead on my behalf. That's why I never want us to ever overlook a story, a book in the Bible, guys, because it says so much. And when you see how it parallels with, with what Jesus Christ did for us, it just blows your mind and amazes you even more. I hope you guys are amazed with it too. So, then I want us to kind of think, lastly, just about our own selves and where is it that we need to forgive? What is it that we need to forgive? Who is it that we need to forgive? I want us to take some time and pray later today after this to just kind of think through that. I know that forgiveness is, is not easy. Forgiveness is like there's a debt that is owed, right? You feel like there's a debt. Somebody owes you something and you're holding it over them. When, when, when some of us, people wrong us, we love it when they, they know that they, they've done wrong to us and we just like to wring them out, right? But we have to let, let that go. You know, when we hold and we harbor these type of stuff in our hearts, you know people die early from stuff like that? People lose their life because it's not healthy. It's not healthy. So I want to encourage you. I don't know who you got a problem with. I say this all the time. Who's messing with you? Who cut you off? Who flicked you off? I don't know who it is. And it doesn't matter. Because when we think about how much we have wronged God, it pales in comparison. What we've done, or what people have done to us pales in comparison. It means it does not compare. It does not come close to what we have done to God and how we wrong God. But yet, God still forgives us. Because Jesus Christ 
pleaded on our behalf. And did not just plead with, with words, did not just plead with his prayers for us, as we see in John 17, but he pleaded with his blood for us. And that blood that covers. Hope you guys are learning something today. Keep the faith. Stay strong in Christ. Because when forgiveness is not a piece of this, guys, it makes things, it makes the blessings that God wants to bring to you, they get put on pause. Because God's like, I can't give this to you because maybe I want to use you to bring that person that has wronged you to Christ. Think about that. If you have some enemies, but you want to go to heaven, wouldn't you feel uncomfortable if you see your enemy in heaven? What happens if you and, 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 and uncle so-and-so, auntie so-and-so, you're both in heaven? And you're there for eternity. Are you going to be like, oh man, I got to look at his face for a whole eternity? Right? So at the end of the day, our battle is not with each other. Our fights should not be with each other. The fight is with the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the spiritual things of this world. With the rulers and the principalities and authorities, guys. So our fight, our, our issue, is, our bout is never with each other. It's with those who are already condemned. The spiritual things that are already condemned. So I want you guys to know that whoever is messing with you, let it go. Pray for them. Ask that God will, will be good to them. Oh, there was this thing that I wanted to do. I, I don't have it with me. But I was going to bring in a glass and I was going to get two ice cubes. If I'm trying to melt something, right? I got two ice cubes and I put it together. I'm one ice cube, the other person's the other ice cube. How long is that going to take? Will it be done pretty quickly? It'll take a good, a, at least a good 10, 15 minutes, right? And that's being generous. But if I get hot coal, if I get some heat, and I light up the ice, how long will it take then? A couple of seconds, right? And that's what God tells us to do. That's what Paul advises through the whole inspiration of the Holy Spirit for us to do. To be generous, to be kind, to bless and do not curse those who persecute us and those who wrong us. Because by blessing them, you'll be burning. It's like burning hot coals over their heads. And that hot coal is to melt away the ice. Because ideally, we want that person's heart to come to Jesus Christ too. Paul wants Onesimus's and Philemon's heart to be melted. To be melted for Christ. That someday when they see each other in heaven, that they're not going to be like, ah, oh, I got to see you forever. Even if, if they have that idea, they're not going to make it to heaven. Right? If that's their thinking. If, they're think, if your thinking is, man, I don't want to see my enemy in heaven, then you're not going to make it yourself. I'm just here to tell you point blank. Because if you don't forgive, God does not forgive you. Tomorrow, I have to go to... I have to make a trip. I'll be going to Ghana. This for some few weeks. And I have to go and meet with some folks. Um, 
that I haven't always had the best relationships with. But working towards having a better relationship. How can I possibly stand in front of you guys, teach, share the good news of Jesus Christ, and I have unforgiveness in my heart? It's impossible. Well, it's possible, but I will be unfruitful. The Holy Spirit won't even convict you. Because if the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted me, how, how can they, he then use the words that I'm saying here to you to convict you? So what are we going to do? I'm going to go to Ghana. We're going to get food. We're going to get lunch. We're going to hang out. Because that's what God desires. And my hope is that someday that person will come to Jesus Christ. All the wrongs put aside. I want you guys to have that in mind. I want, I want that to be your story with whoever has ever wronged you. Parents, I'm sure many of you guys feel like your parents wrong you all the time. I know that they mean well, but there are some times where it may go over the line and it doesn't align with scripture. Okay? Obey your parents in the Lord. But even when they do that, even when they step out of scripture to do something that would not be right by God's terms, forgiveness is still required. So obey your parents so that you will live long and your life will be long. So I know I'm kind of going here and there, but the main things that I want you guys to get is this forgiveness piece that we've talked about today. And also the fact that Jesus Christ is just written all over this book in a short 25 verses. We just read an entire book together, guys. And Christ is written all over it. I just want to thank God um, for all of that. So I want us to stand and just spend some time in prayer. I really want us to to, to touch on this topic of forgiveness. Um, That God will melt our hearts and that will melt others' hearts as well. So that we can work together with those same people that we call our enemies. To call them brothers and sisters. At the end of this day, I truly believe that Onesimus and Philemon called each other brothers. They called each other brothers. It says that he's no longer a bondservant. He's no longer a slave. But that he might be considered a brother. Jesus tells us that no longer do I call you servants, but now I call you my friends. For if you, do the, if you do the will of God, you are my friend. Those who do the will of my Father. In the same way, we are no longer slaves. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer a slave to unforgiveness. If anything, you are a slave to righteousness. But you are free in Christ. And you are free indeed. Amen? Let us pray, brothers and sisters. Let's all stand, please.